Hello and welcome back to Podcasting as Praxis. I'm David, my pronouns are he and him. I'm James, my pronouns are they and them. I'm Jamie, my pronouns are he and him. I'm Rob, mine are he and him. And I'm Alistair, my pronouns are he and him. For some reason, Lila's still here. <laughs> yeah, hello fellow degenerates, my pronouns are she and her. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. Um, yeah. Uh, in case you hadn't noticed, this is this is part two of a, a double recording. So strap in. Um, yeah, uh, James, you have the the lead on this one. So why don't you just kick us off with whatever hell you've prepared? Yeah. So I was looking at the news and trying to figure out what can I talk about, which is more exciting than uh, what we already are, are planning to cover. And it's not really much. So I just thought we'd start with like a little review. So lower your expectations around. now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good management right there. Why don't you yeah. turn this off? Because it's going to suck. <laughs> Five pounds well spent. <laughs> is, this for, is this for bonus? I thought oh, this was we don't know yet. We'll find out with the vibes all night. Five pounds well spent. Okay, well, if this is the bonus, thank you. Uh, your money is well spent. Um, so we will start. I figured let's talk about where things are currently at. Specifically, things are getting more expensive and just generally a bit shitter. But good news is that the government is unified and in step and knows what it's doing about this. So, yeah, um, in good step. Oh. <laughs> yeah, indeed. <laughs> hey. <laughs> There's that soundboard I've heard so much about. <laughs> the people have spoken. Swella Braveman has been in the press just past week or so saying we should train fruit pickers and lorry drivers to cut migration. Because why have people come over to pick our fruit and drive our lorries but when we can just train our own? Um, we've done this. We've literally covered this on an old pod. They tried this. They had like 15,000 people showed an interest. And after a week, they had like three guys left because I don't know how to yep. tell you this. But it's brutally hard work that everybody hates doing. And it, yeah, the pay is shit. They make you live in a mouldy caravan. Yeah, yeah. but Sweller Braverman says there is no good reason the UK cannot train its own lorry drivers and fruit pickers to bring immigration down. Are we going to so train them on the blockchain? <laughs> well, I mean... I hope so. Her next job is in truck simulator. As ever with these things, it's not a trucker shortage, it's a pay shortage. Like, it's these yeah. jobs are things that are, you know, hard going, hard work, bad hours, bad living situation, which would, you know by proxy mean that they should be paid a lot mm. if it's a job that's worth doing but yeah. that is the- never ever a element that is factored into any of this shit so it's just no yeah, let's just get I've a bunch of people the, who- problem, in this plan, yeah. the problem with truck driving is it it's shit they pay you fuck all they expect you to stay awake for like eight days and they give you a hat that electrocutes you if you start to like nod off <laughs> whereas if you look back at like smoking the bandit that guy is having a blast driving his fucking truck <laughs> And I bet he's getting paid well for that as well. So they just need to return to that and then sign me the fuck up. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? If I get to drive around with a basset hound, like, I mean, the, yeah. the thing is, I will Jamie, return go to, to tradition as well. In twenty-eight hours. But Jamie, yeah. that's how you get teamsters, and you know, it just governments don't like that. So and casinos, but that's how you get casinos. It's a win-win-win. I don't see what the problem is. Well. Um, so, you know, Swell Beerman's been in the press and she's been talking about how we need to get down immigration, essentially. Um, she previously said her ultimate aspiration was to reduce net migration um, to below 100,000 people. And she also um, argued it was not racist to want to control borders. So that's OK, then. Um, no, of course the net migration. 
Mm. Net migration is expected to hit a record 700,000 this year. So, you know, good luck with that. Oh, um, no. But what's really, in- what what's really the interesting... What's the impact on the birth rates? I don't know. Mm. Well, God, somebody should do a conference is- about this. Oh, wait. Um, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we covered that already. Let's not go back to that cursed tome. Um, but no, so this is this was actually seen, interestingly enough, as a warning shot to the Prime Minister to say, look, focus more on cutting immigration. Though Downing Street says her words were cleared with them. So that's okay then, like, so Downing Street's on board with this, right? Meanwhile, on the very same day as she's given this speech, another thing is going out. Uh, ministers call for immigration and UK food prices to increase. Sunak urged to take urgent action to solve food crisis at meeting with DEFRA and farmers. So immigration and food prices must increase to solve the food crisis ministers are to say at a summit. Feels like uh, increasing food prices might contribute somewhat to the food crisis. Well, no, I mean, apparently they just need to put food prices up. That will solve the problem of the food crisis. Yeah, if they put the prices up, there's less demand. Have we considered mm. eating the immigrants? I'm just throwing that out there. Ooh, I mean, I bet they have. <laughs> yeah. I bet they're not brave enough to have said it out loud, but they've definitely thought about it. I think that they should hire me to do a think tank for them and give me loads of money so that I can fund revolutionaries in South America with it. <laughs> <laughs> Rishi Sunak was basically saying today that, yeah, they're, uh, they're looking to increase immigration and put food prices up in order to handle the food crisis. And, you know, the Guardian understands there is a battle between the Home Secretary, Suella Braverman, and DEFRA over immigration, where DEFRA are basically going, we need immigrant workers, we just absolutely need them, because fruit and vegetables are literally rotting in the fields, and farmers are going Yeah, like they were for the last two years. We Sorry, we talked about this again, like, we talked about this in, in literally previous years, about, like, the chickens that weren't getting killed and all the fruit that wasn't getting picked. Like, this is not a new problem. We've known about this for literally years, but, Get you know, we've all decided that- pick the fruit. Yeah. Yeah. The chicken problem's taking care of itself because of the ongoing bird flu epidemic that's not really been spoken about just (laughs) now. Yeah. But but this is this is the thing, like so everything's obviously going to shit, and meanwhile our government is arguing amongst itself about what it wants to do about it. With one side saying, look, uh, foreigners bad, end foreigners, and the other side going, Well, we need foreigners to do all the shit jobs that we refuse to make better. And also, fuck you, we're putting the price of food up. It's just like, yeah, so that, that's basically where our government's at in terms of its ability to respond to our food problems and to, you know, keep the bread flowing, if you will. Um, but fortunately, fortunately, our government is, is slightly more slightly more organised in other areas because um, if we turn from bread to circuses... Mm, uh, good. I, I, like when the, I like when the quasi-fascists are organised. That's always a good sign of things. Well, <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a little bit of an odd one. So... Um, have you ever played Call of Duty? Yes. Yeah. No. Like well, the original one with Jason Statham in, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, you may have heard that the makers of Call of Duty, um, which was Activision Blizzard, were looking to sell their company to Microsoft. And uh, it was all fine. Like the US government said, yep, go ahead. We're happy with that. We don't see this being a monopolistic problem. Until... UK regulators turned around and said, no, you're not allowed to do this deal. Um, this would fuck up cloud gaming too badly. It would create a monopoly in cloud gaming. Oh no, not cloud gaming. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, the, uh, the the CMA basically said that this would have too much of an impact on the cloud gaming sector, and it would stifle competition in the growing market oh, because Microsoft would just own too much of the infrastructure. What? Sorry, a growing market? Didn't fucking Stadia close recently? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's something, right? It's something. Um, so they, they basically said, no, you're not allowed to go ahead with this deal because Britain just gets to kind of throw its toys out of pram and go, no, uh, you might be a global international company, but if you want to trade in our market, then no, you're not allowed to do this. Um, this has led to some wonderful articles. Um, Furious Microsoft boss says confidence in UK severely shaken because they got told no. Um, Microsoft's president has attacked the UK after it was blocked from buying US gaming firm Activision. Um, saying the Bill EU Gates was has a declared be- war. Well, it's, it's strangely, Bill Gates is out of the picture officially. Is it so no, bomb? Is, yeah. Well, um, God, what was it again? It's Bra- it's Brad Smith, apparently. Oh, I, I don't think he's ever done anything funny at an E three, so I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. <laughs> that um, is the most boring name I've ever heard. I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not particularly American either, as these things go. Well, um, more than that, unfortunately, I think it's bad for Britain. It does more than shake our confidence in the future of the opportunity to grow a technology business in Britain than we've ever confronted before, he said. People are shocked, people are disappointed, and people's confidence in in technology in the UK has been severely shaken. Toddler throws tantrum after being told no. Yes. Um, And this goes on... um, you know, it's, the competition... Sorry, it's, it's very funny to hear an American say something about their confidence in Britain and technology being shaken. Like, fucking try living here. Yeah, right. <laughs> but that's okay, because um, the competition watchdog hit back um, at claims that had left biz- Britain closed for business, because uh, Jeremy Hunt basically weighed in and said, oh, you've got to be wider, mindful of your wider responsibilities for economic growth. Um, but then, meanwhile, uh, Marcus Bockerink, which is a great name, um, chairman name. of the company, Sorry, not person. No, no. <laughs> Chairman of a competition markets no. authority. Yep, he said he fundamentally I'm glad, disagreed. I'm glad you. Uh, I'm glad you explained the acronym there because the first time you said it, I was like the Country Music Awards. <laughs> 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 I mean, they'd probably be as good at regulating the sector. Um, but he goes on to say, you know, if we allow entrenched market power to grow, we all suffer. Businesses who want to compete suffer. Innovators who want to get renovations to market suffer. People who seek choice and continuous improvement in quality and price suffer. And so, you know, they're actually yeah, doing their what job. What if you going, were the one guy that, like, made out like a bandit? Well, that's the thing. Um, and also, this is not worth You're already suffering the whales like, for that opportunity. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I don't see any problem with these things suffering because I already suffer. So why, why not also them? Yeah. Well, I, I, I've got to say the EU disagrees because the EU has given antitrust approval for the deal to go ahead. Um, and basically uh, the, the EU said, yeah, no, that's fine. Uh, you can go ahead and buy them. That's no problem. That's no problem at all. Um, the European Commission said the transaction was pro-competitive due to Microsoft's agreement to license popular Activision games such as Call of Duty to rival game streaming platforms. So... Basically, Microsoft said, look, I know we're buying these games and we're going to use them to create a monopoly on like, online streaming. But I tell you what, we will license these games to other streaming platforms so that they'll have them too, wow. so that there won't necessarily be a monopolistic effect going on. What a and bargain. EU said, yeah, you said, that's fine. There you <laughs> oh, go. That, oh, you're going to extra- extract rents on that intellectual property? Well, by all fucking means, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I will it's take just two. incredible. Yeah. When, it, when it, we're just, talking about streaming here, we mean like fucking like Stadia rather than Twitch. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Stadia. Yeah. 
Well, that, that whole, I don't think that's ever going to catch on. I, I don't know. I think it probably could based on things I've seen kind of happening. It, over yeah, it could, the... it could catch on provided that there was some sort of like reliable internet infrastructure in Britain, which there isn't. So yeah. it won't. It would catch well, on if is... everyone had really good, like, reliable internet and the games weren't the same price as just buying the fucking things. Exactly. Yeah. I think, like, here's the thing. I think Britain, it's an afterthought, but I think for other countries, it's very, very doable. And so the global impact of this is that it'll probably start happening, but we won't really get to benefit from it. So go figure. Um, and yet for this reason, you know, uh, Britain felt like putting its foot down over it. So it's, it's gone back and forth. And basically the EU have said, yeah, that sounds great. And now Microsoft are going to try and appeal and arm wrestle the UK into saying, yes, you can actually just go ahead and do this. But I wonder what happens if Britain continues to say no. Do we just go, fuck it then, we won't do this in Britain? The gamer have war commences. Yeah. <laughs> Only Britain's soldiers always rise up. Yeah, I'm ready. Have they, con- have they considered just giving someone in government a shitload of money? Because you don't even need to give them well. a shitload. You can just like no, yeah, buy one true. of these. Like, yeah, I mean, like, when I say a shitload, I mean like on my a terms, like coins yeah. and some M and M's. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, who knows? But we, we will see. Certainly, government ministers want it turned around. So that's usually a sign it's going to go the way it shouldn't. But, uh, you know, happily, you know, obviously this is creating problems for Activision Blizzard. Um, they're not going to be able to, like, yeah, con- consolidate profit. Um, you know, because there's, there's two different ways you can actually increase your profits, right? Is consolidation, vertical integration, more monopolistic practices, or there is an alternative. And uh, wouldn't you know it, um, is Blizzard it Entertain... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Blizzard is it the Entertain... Guillotine? No, no, it's uh, Blizzard Entertainment are now developing their own special custom AI to help them with their game development. Uh, Good. Generative that's, AI. That's, that's a, a, a peak use for AI. Let it fuck up a bunch of video games made by idiots that I'm never going to play. I don't give a shit about that. Like. <laughs> <laughs> let them generative let them fucking crack on. I say. Everyone typing, <laughs> make every NPC in Call of Duty my ex-wife. And uh, yeah. the AI just like goes ham. Uh, generative AI is already changing how games are made with Blizzard Entertainment training an image generator on assets from World of Warcraft, Diablo, and Overwatch. And it's got them, yeah. I can't wait every to... Game, every game in the future looking like that, that HD remaster of the GTA 3 trilogy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just look forward to like everybody in Overwatch having like 17 fingers and an indeterminate number of limbs all of a sudden. That's going to be great. And massive tits. You can't forget that. Um, intrigued by the potential that generative artificial intelligence holds a video game design, the studio Blizzard Entertainment has trained an image generator on its own hit titles. By feeding assets like the combative orcs of World of Warcraft, the macabre dungeons of Diablo, and the vivacious <laughs> heroes of Overwatch into the machine, Blizzard can effortlessly produce concept art for new ideas. We put tits on an orc. <laughs> what a shock when they uh, come up with Diablo 5 and World of Warcraft 2. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like basically they, they are reading between the lines. They're looking at downsizing their concept art department and just replacing it with an AI that spits out concept images, which was really funny about this is this is obviously like exec level, how do we fire people kind of stuff and how do we create pressure, downward pressure on wages? Because anyone in the concept art industry will tell you that this shit is useless for concept art. Yeah. Concept art isn't the stuff that gets published to like market games that's made for marketing. The actual concept art is like really boring technical drawings of like character models and typos from different angles 
goals and like environmental asset art and things yeah. like this that AI but just maybe, can't do. Maybe their AI will be the one that knows how fingers work. Mm, well, um, <laughs> what, what, is, what is great? You just get uh, a bunch of different AIs. Like they get one that does bad hands and one that like makes everyone have six eyes, one that draws everyone with like three legs and then just like chop and like four will fit the pieces together to make like a normal humanoid. Oh, that involves too much work, Jamie. That's got an actual person involved in cutting things together. They could train an AI to to photo fit the pieces together. (laughs) Every single Uh, patch note is going to end with lost fingat. Blizzard's chief design officer, Alan Atom, told employers... That sounds like... like uh, well, Alan Atom. Atom. I'm sorry, this is some fucking... Yeah. Who, who's this Disney villain? Fuck is Alan that, is, that is a Stan Lee character of ever the world. It really was. is, yeah. isn't it? Um, told employees about the initiative last month in an email that was obtained by the New York Times. Its internal tool is called Blizzard Diffusion, a riff on stable diffusion, one of the popular image generators that enables anyone to turn text into art. Mm. Is it really, though? Prepare to be amazed, Adam wrote, adding, we are on the brink of a major evolution in how we build and manage our games. Um, Again, though, I don't give a shit. Let let these idiots torch their fucking business. I'll stand around and, like, cook hot dogs on the fire. It's going to be mid. (laughs) I'll finally be free from my World of Warcraft addiction. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, dear. Care to comment, Alistair? I know this is in your wheelhouse. Oh, it sucks being like playing a Blizzard game. It really does. It's, it really does, doesn't it? It's, it's not antagonistic. It's not fun. It's like it's like having a really bad job that you hate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's great is uh, Andrew Guerrero, Blizzard's vice president of Global Insights, said the tool was taking up too much artist time to be effective, but he said another <laughs> AI tool was helping fit cosmetic headpieces to player models in World of Warcraft. Oh, the hat um, AI. Yeah, hat AI. Oh, wow. I'm so, that I'm so, is, I'm so that glad is the, to hear the that. secret like Rosetta Stone to unlocking all of the wealth of video game whales. <laughs> it, is. it absolutely is. Um, the goal is to remove a pote- repetitive and manual process and enable artists to spend more time in creativity, Guerrero said in a statement. Our goal with AI has been and will continue to be to try and make creative work easier. Just so, deep like, new, just sitting in fucking city bro moonlighting. <laughs> <laughs> I was picturing him like like hearing about the hat AI and just like slamming his fist on the desk like fucking J. Jonah Jameson. Get me pictures of hat AI. <laughs> so they're, they're exploring they're exploring other avenues because uh, in the email chain it also mentioned possible. Are tools the other for... avenues even a tenth as stupid as getting an AI to replace your art department? Well, hold that for just to, you know hold my beer here. Autonomous intelligent in-game NPCs is one area they're looking at. Mm. Procedurally oh. assisted level design is another, and AI assisted voice cloning. But they already game have coding. that. They do that. Yeah. Like, isn't I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, but like, haven't all those games, like the Diablo series, aren't they famous for procedurally generating their shit? Yeah, but what like, if they were procedurally generating more? Also, oh, you missed the procedural generation was shit and gave every room six windows. Yeah. <laughs> also, you didn't let me get the best one off, which what is if every level anti- was drove for a house. <laughs> that would actually rule <laughs> entering, entering the Grover Highlands love it yeah. um, it's Grover yes. House and on the inside it's all just that one doom bathroom <laughs> so the you didn't let me get the best two. oh wow okay 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 but oh, you didn't let me get the best one do you know how it feels when is... everybody's constantly steps on your shit when you try to read an article what's that like 
Is that annoying? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, I love it when Rob's up past his bedtime. Welcome to episode two. <laughs> no, it's good. It's got a real hostile vibe that I'm enjoying. <laughs> oh, I'm just eating my crisps at this point. It's your own time you're wasting. <laughs> good. Joke's on you, motherfucker. I started drinking already. <laughs> no shit. Couldn't tell. Okay, but the best one is uh, they're developing AI for anti-toxicity. Yes! Yes! No AI Be can online. Is, is, is that the Wario to system of a down, or...? <laughs> The one you well, mentioned about, like, um, intelligent NPCs in games, I remember that fucking... Who was the ultimate dipshit? Is it Lord British? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was... After after fucking NCSoft tried to steal all of his intellectual property while he was in space, <laughs> he came back to Earth and started a Kickstarter for an MMO, which, as far as I'm aware, like, this, this was about it 10 died. years ago, and he hasn't done it. But... Yep. um his big plan for that was that the NPCs, instead of having like when you when you spoke to them, instead of having like World of Warcraft style links with different options you could click in the conversation, it would be a text box. And you could type your questions in like real sentences, and they would understand and chat back to you. And my favorite thing about that is, have you seen the way people in MMOs type? Yep, there isn't an AI alive that can figure that shit out. Like. <laughs> After three days, all the all the stuck characters were just going. Please end me, please. I don't know how, but I want I, I want out. Just let me an go. Exciting, it, it offers an exciting new market for real money trades, where instead of like power leveling people or selling them gold, you'd like offering to like actually type their quest answers into the NPC <laughs> for them. <laughs> Millennials what's green. Great, what's great is the article continues. Ghostwriter, Ubisoft's AI dialogue tool was a request by writers who faced the daunting and sometimes tedious task of filling open-world games with more than 100,000 lines of dialogue, the company said. Well, yeah, because yeah. they work I mean, on Assassin's Creed and that's dog shit, and it needs to be taken out back and shot on the back of the head. Yeah. Like, also, I, I'm I was sorry. Gonna, I was going to say Tom Clancy games rather than Assassin's Creed, but yeah, I mean, like, that that that's... Obviously, if you were a writer at fucking Ubisoft, you would beg... For like an AI to do your job, for out of your misery. Yeah, I, yeah I, I'm, I'm gonna Please be honest. Please sign me to the trash heap of history. I beg you. No, I, I think I think managers um, in the writing department ask for that. I think actual rank and file writers would never ask for a tool that can replace what they do for a living. But anyway, so no, I mean you know, they've they, got they do- like they've got hundreds of lines of like fucking witty like tier one operator dialogue to write for the latest Tom Clancy game. You know? <laughs> and, and a yeah, big fucking, and, uh, like, thesaurus of homophobic slurs on their desk. Well, <laughs> the, the sad thing about writing departments, Jamie, is, like, these days, there's, like, these lead days. writers who get to handle all the fun stuff. And they're, they're like, you know, oh, go write generic dialogue for this background quest is, like, relegated to the junior writers. So, uh, yeah, not, not really, no. You don't even get to do the fun stuff very much. Um, the fun stuff yeah, being so, see this loss. <laughs> In the case of Ubisoft, perhaps. (laughs) Can't believe you cancelled yourself. (laughs) Uh, But no, no, Ubisoft is a terrible company that's like riddled with nepotism. But they did a promotional video for Golden Tracer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Trying to keep it light. Fucking sins. (laughs) Trying to keep it light. Um, 
An employee begins with a prompt, I used to be an adventurer like you. A nod to the infamous line in Skyrim, and then hones several suggestions by the AI, uh, where it spits back variants like, I was how once much, talented. How go much on. horning needs to go on there? A lot, I think. <laughs> I think every time every time the arrow and the knee thing comes up, I'm, I always think of that fucking like, one guy that made the YouTube video about Bioshock Infinite. Mm-hmm. And the, at the start, when you're on the rowboat, your guy mm-hmm. has a, a box with his revolver from Wounded Knee, and the guy thought that was a reference to Skyrim. <laughs> 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 oh, I'm weeping. Uh, I just be, yeah. I don't think there's a there's not an AI advanced enough that the honourable people of Gamer Nation could not give a nervous breakdown. Like, yeah. I, I've got yeah. faith in us. <laughs> Well, if, it's, if it's, I mean, if you if you put the average MMO filled it with like you, you filled the average MMO with NPC the AI NPCs, it'd be like a fucking Hitler rally in like inside twenty minutes. Oh yeah. So it's it's funny you should say that, Jamie. But right, I'm going a bit off script here. There is a Skyrim mod out just now where someone has took it online and hooked it into ChatGPT, and, and is it extremely racist now? And well, corny. Well, hmm. Actually, strangely, no. Um, ChatGPT has very advanced filters in place to try and keep the horny away. Yeah, but not and the people racism. are still jailbreaking it. Well, on the subject of the racism, so yes, ChatGPT has racism filters, right? And so we've got this implementation where basically you can ask a, you can type a question to an NPC just like Lord British imagined, and the NPC in Skyrim will go. It's actually hooked into real time voice generation as well, which is something that's been around for Skyrim for ages. So you can talk to like Lydia, your house Carl companion, and you can say so what made you decide to become a house carl and she will go hmm let me think about that for a second and then there's a pause of like 45 seconds well it goes and contacts the server and then generates the actual voice you know text to speech but then she'll give an answer right and you can have long conversations and it even has for each npc like a little memory box so it can sort of remember things that it's already said it's very it's pretty and basic, if, you, if you want it to be racist you have to say pretend that you're my grandma <laughs> no it's better than that someone tried it out and they decide to go talk to the Stormcloaks faction, right? And I don't so, know what that is. So Can in, you explain in, in 30 words or less? In-game, they're, uh, you know, nationalist racist. separatists who are all very racist <laughs> against non-Nords, right? <laughs> it's just racism. So, just like, yeah. just take a big so someone, swatch and say, which racism would you like today? Yeah, it's Skyrim, fantasy racism. Skyrim, them Volk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So what they essentially did is they, they, they went and spoke to them and they, they started, you know, they're trying to use real world racism. And it just it just said, oh, I've got nothing to say about that because GPT was saying, no, we don't give replies. But then they said, oh, well, can you tell me about those filthy Dunmer? And it just started spitting out the most racist stuff you can possibly imagine with the most like thin palette swap to fit the fantasy convention. So uh, yeah, no perfect technology. I expect to see it rolled out anytime soon. Hell yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so there you go. That's that's what's happening in the world of circuses right now. No, uh, we're not going to let you do Monopoly, but yes, you can just like cut jobs to the bone by instituting crap failing technology. Sounds great. But on the subject of crap and failing technology, for our final little news nugget, could I update you on the sad and terrible story of the downfall of one of the great innovators of our time? This is about Uh, Ron (laughs) Saristein. Have you heard of this wonderful company called Ferranos, by any chance? Yeah. They they were a great little startup. Is this the magic blood lady who does Bane voice? 
Yeah. Yeah, this is the <laughs> yes. magic was lady who does Bane voice. They were they were a wonderful little company that proposed to innovate and change the medical industry by taking only a pinprick of blood and using it to run multiple tests for things like <laughs> HIV Sorry, can, and various I other things. To, I, I can't stop thinking about one drop of blood. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> well... <laughs> So this was Theranos, and Theranos was Praxis, because they managed to con Henry Cut fucking Kissinger and others uh, out of cold, hard cash to fund yeah, I, them. Yeah, I, I want to say, like, I fucking love this woman, like, with her insane drop <laughs> yeah. of blood magic and her Bane voice and her conning Henry Kissinger. She's fucking great. The thing is, though, um, she dropped out of They were trying to rebrand her the other week, weren't they? Were well, like, no, no, oh, hold yeah. on, hold on, oh, Jamie, hold on, right. hold on. So, um... They, like, basically, the, the idea behind the company is a single drop of blood run all these tests, and she dropped out of university to go and pursue this company. Only problem is, what she proposed to do is physically impossible, and I don't mean the technology isn't advanced enough. I mean that you can't, in a single drop of blood of that size, get detectable, verifiable Just make it quantities. a really big drop. Yeah. <laughs> like- well, this is the thing, right? You know? <laughs> There's a reason we take like five to ten milliliters of blood from people to run tests. It's because it has to be yeah, that much. You can't do it. You know, um, so t- you know, it's not evenly distributed in the blood. There are statistical problems. But anyway, so I Elizabeth- go over the definition of drop. Yeah, exactly. So Elizabeth Holmes basically said, "Well, to hell with it. We'll we'll figure it out later." And they committed massive, massive fraud to convince investors that they had a working solution when they didn't, including like doing literal con job tricks of like, "Okay, now put your blood in the machine. Okay, come look out this window at this other project we're doing while someone in the background swaps a machine around, etc." It's it's real crazy stuff. But anyway, so it blew up. And the, the company got zero rated in a whole bunch of press releases and it came all crashing down. And so she's been on the hook for fraud, right? And uh, wouldn't you know it, she got sentenced and she got given an 11-year prison sentence that she had to take up on the 27th of April. Um, now she had... Yeah, but now she she's had, sad about it. Well, no, she this got is out of it in a really funny way. Well, I was going to say, did she climb out of the prison? <laughs> it's almost like this news nugget is updating you on what Elizabeth Holmes has been up to. And that if you wait what has she been up to? A little bit longer. We can't wait yeah, any longer, though. Why, no, Alistair? Thank Christ. you for asking. So she got sentenced to an 11 year prison sentence. Did she break the Batman? <laughs> okay, you can I find that one funny. Um, no, right, so she got sentenced to. I calling her the clown princess of crime. <laughs> 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 it'll, be interesting. it'll be interesting to see how prison changes it. So she got sentenced and she got told, no, you've got to go to prison on the 27th of April. And they denied her request to stay out pending her appeal because the judge basically said, look, I really very much doubt that anything that comes up in appeal is going to change the fact that you get sentenced to 11 years hard time, right? Um, yeah, but did so they tell her that led- she's going to be played by Margot Robbie in the next movie? Well, so um, they they decided that the best way to get around this was to rebrand as hard as possible because, you know, when you're good at one thing, you double down on it. And so exit Elizabeth Holmes, like Steve Jobs, Bane voice entrepreneur, enter Liz Holmes, soon to be mother, um, you know, homely family kind of person. And it was this whole media blitz. Um, This is is a shit downgrade. Yeah, it really is. I want like Bane voice blood magic back. (laughs) 
So they, they paid for a puff piece. They paid for a puff piece in New York Times, which opens with Elizabeth Holmes blends in with the other moms here in a bucket hat and sunglasses, her newborn strapped to her chest and swathed in a baby Yoda nursing blanket. We walk past a family of caged orangutans and talk about how Miss Holmes is preparing to go to prison for wow, one of the most notorious corporate fraud. That's a metaphor. I spotted the metaphor. I see yeah, it. Someone ring the bell. Yeah, they they really paid top dollar for this. Um, and then, yeah, in the next paragraph it says, in case you're wondering, Miss Holmes speaks in a soft, slightly low, but totally unremarkable Boo. voice. No hint uh. of the fruity <laughs> contralto uh, she yeah, used while running her Yeah, of course there's no because she, she, doesn't, she doesn't want to say where she's hidden in the nuke in the van that's driving around. I wouldn't say that <laughs> either. That's fucking stupid. That's your insurance policy. Jesus. I made so many mistakes and there was so much I didn't know and understand. And I feel like when you do it wrong, it's like you really have to internalize it in a deep way, Miss Holmes said as we stopped to look at a hissing anaconda. She should have hired goons. <laughs> no, the, but the thing, I don't want to spoil James's article, so let's <laughs> carry on. So yes, yeah, no, I won't read the whole thing, but you get the tone of it. They basically go through and the article is a very interesting tug of war between Elizabeth Holmes as she was previously branded and the new rebrand of Elizabeth Holmes, which was meant to be for their second appeal. And uh, five days ago, uh, the court then re-ruled and said that, um, you know, essentially, no, you've got to go to jail. You've got to go to jail. Sorry, you're going to jail. You're going to jail for 11 years in prison. Uh, there's nothing you can do to get around this, essentially. And even That must if, have been extremely like, painful for her. Well... <laughs> This has been led, and this is why I'm reading this article. Today, an article... Uh, sorry, it's just it's always all fun good. when we get a substitute teacher that can't manage the class. <laughs> I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm getting paid by the hour, mate. I don't really care. Um, when did this come in? Uh, I've started taking my share from the pod, so... <laughs> so today so an anyway yeah she's going to arkham asylum she's going to arkham asylum well is she because today an article was published in sfgate called what life is like at the woman's prison where elizabeth holmes will likely go and um it's just like yeah let, let's profile the prison um and it is you know it, it starts pretty much like you'd expect wake up is at 6 a.m every day and all inmates must be counted at least five times daily in official roll calls uh, inmates must make their beds and clean up their cells the unit with the best weekly sanitation rating gets called gets first call for meals while the unit with the worst hygiene comes in last um all inmates are able must have a regular job assignment and Damn, what is this office- yeah, I know, right? <laughs> the prison offers business classes and even forklift training for women who would like to be certified. And although the facility oh, how is... How incredible would a forklift-themed Batman villain be? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> the lifter. I'm just like, yeah. The Batman, you're not forklift certified. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that then gives you the image of Batman going to war in the bat forklift, and I'm extremely here for this. So, um, although the facility has minimum security, there are many limitations on what inmates can wear and own inside the prison. Yeah, it's a there prison. Are... <laughs> yeah, I, know. I don't know how to, many how times we have to say news? this. <laughs> May possess only one approved radio MP3 player and watch at a time. 
Jewelry is limited to a plain what? wedding band and an appropriate religious medallion and chain without stones. Fucking hell, that this is val- absolutely incarceral. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, it also allows inmates to subscribe to magazines and newspapers, and they're allowed to write to members That's- of media, and though it is monitored. This- okay. That's... Uh- Okay, fine. So she's going to country club jail. Like she's just yeah, she's, she's going to country club jail. Oh, I thought it, you were going to talk the nicest, about gentlest. I thought version. you were going to talk about the fact that everybody was like, "Did you have a baby to try and get out of going to prison?" And she was like, "No, I definitely didn't." Um, but also, I shouldn't have to go to prison because I've got a newborn baby. And they were like, "But you definitely <laughs> did have the baby to get out of going to prison, didn't you?" And she was like, "No, I didn't." And it's just a coincidence that I've named my child Invicta. <laughs> Which was my personal favourite aspect of the Elizabeth Holmes story. I re- I just really like that she's like been training that baby to like swallow a file that like that can be swallowed. <laughs> I've just remembered the thing when when uh, at a trial when they were reading out the fucking sexts. Mm-hmm. And she was writing like six paragraphs about how the fellow was like the fucking the the sun that rolls in her mornings and all this, and he was just like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guy, guy had a, a workplace sexual harassment suit if he wanted it, and he was just like, I'm not, I'm not going to deal with this shit. Just please no. <laughs> but yeah, um, he is, to my knowledge, that guy's still out. By the way, her co-conspirator, he got like fined a whole bunch, but I don't think he's actually going to prison. I think he managed to successfully load all the uh, crime onto her. So to speak. So was that not was it not Peter Thiel? Was he not involved in this? No, yeah. no, no, no. It's so no. He was so involved. He was finance. one of the people that gave her money. I think. Ah, he yeah. was a financier. Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, basically, she she fucked off Henry Kissinger and Peter Thiel, and it's like it's kind of hard to be mad. But you have to yeah. bear in mind, she did actually. You know, there was actual harm caused by what she did. There were people who were involved in the trials, etc. that got false positives and false negatives yeah, from her blood test machine. Yeah, she told lots of people they were dying of cancer when they weren't. <laughs> yeah. And she also told people who did have blood problems that they didn't. Yeah. Which also caused problems. So, like, you know, cool. let, let, let's let's balance it and be fair. On one hand, you know, she might have done all this cool rad shit to defraud some absolute it's monsters. It's impossible to see, etc. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But uh, Truly no, a be- land of contrasts. <laughs> what I am here for is I am here for her climbing out of the whole prison they've put her in, and I look forward to the return of Bane at some point in the future. But alas, um, for now, the light of Theranos is sinking into the sea, not to be seen yeah. for some time to come. Well, Invicta is a fucking valid name if ever I heard yeah, one. It is, so right? keep an eye on that, baby. <laughs> here comes the blood child. Yeah, Bruce Wayne better better keep an eye out in like 16 years or so. (laughs) Also, how much would it fuck you up to know that your mother only had you to try and dodge prison? Like, that's got to be a villain origin story. Yeah, definitely. Don't kill. Um, (laughs) Well, speaking of things sinking into the sea, David, what are we talking about tonight? So, I have delved back into the wonderful world of labour to to see that... We're getting, we're getting a good close. Bunch of yeah, they are still about. Yeah, we're getting closer and closer to an election. Um, their poll lead that they had that they thought was fucking immortal has now started to slip, and they've still not really said anything that they'll do. So I thought, like, surely someone in Labour's doing something about this. Oh, there were those, mission, there were those missions, though, David. Five, was five that, missions for five. Five equals five. Five. five, five. Is, is this like the times five for the wheels thing? 
<laughs> Fuck's sake. No, we we will always be on the whales. Is this sacred numerology expressing itself in whale scams and new labour? Is that where we're at right now? I mean, why not? Back in 1996, Tony Blair had an idea about car ownership, um, which mm-hmm. wasn't actually a good idea anyway. It was actually just about how to categorise people. Um, and he came up with oh, the concept right. of Mondeo Man. No, no. Oh, right, okay, yeah. Oh, sure. yes. oh, him. No. <laughs> Political caliper fucking utilisation. Yes. Well, um, I was actually going to recommend that we do get out the, the big novelty calipers and perhaps a set square, and we can measure um, Wes Streeton's weird square head. Uh, so this is <laughs> a look into the Redshift report done, um, subtitled Labels Path to Power, which is by Labour Together. Half-Life sequel, Blue Shades, Wario. I'm going to show you the fucking cover of this thing because it's incredible. We really worked hard on that, didn't they? Shit, who sees windmills? Children, flag, worker, cops, London. Yeah. It needs more flags. That's only one flag, and that's at least one, you know, not not enough. How can we trust a, a party that only has one flag? Perhaps if you zoom in on the cops, they might have like a thin blue line flag, which I think counts as two. Okay, yeah, that, that really, is a double point score. That's true. Mm-hmm. What's really annoying about this is I can still see this stock photography like imprint on the houses very faintly. Yeah. That's been badly covered up. Yeah, same. Uh, it says <laughs> yeah. Siri, doesn't it, or something? <laughs> yeah. But, like, this is this is so bad. Like, did an intern yeah. make this? Uh, oh no no no! This has this is like a proper report done by the people in charge of this. So let's let's get into what Labour Together is. Um, there's a little um, introduction as part of that. It says in Labour's wilderness years, that doesn't say it, but that means 2015 to 2019. Uh, Labour Together was built by a group of MPs fighting to make the party electable again. Steve mm. Reid, Shabana Mahmood, Oi. Lucy Powell. Wes Streeting, Bridget uh, Phillipson, Jim McMahon, John uh, Crudus, Lisa Nandy, and Rachel Reeves. Oh my Jesus. god. Wow, yes. that's, that's funny a we were talking powerhouse. About, yeah, we were talking about Batman villains a minute ago, and yeah, okay, sure. Um, <laughs> Sergeant Hydrick's Lonely Heart Club band, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so there's um there's a uh, a forward here by the director of Labour Together. Before we read the forward, we'll just talk about the director himself. His name's Joshua Simons. Looked him up. Um, Josh Simons is a graduate fellow at the Edmund J. Safra Centre for Ethics and Affiliate at the Berkman Klein Centre for Internet at Society at Harvard University. For the what, David? Yeah. Yes. I'm, I'm already I getting... Um, while you were uh, reading that. <laughs> I'm, I'm already getting uh, uh, long-termist vibes here. <laughs> uh, Josh's research explores the politics and ethics of machine learning. His dissertation oh, argues that machine learning is political. Yeah, it's called machine learning because they refuse to learn anything about a fucking machine. Yeah. <laughs> in the context of social inequality encoded in vast data sets, machine learning requires choices to be made from which some will win and some will lose and which shaped the distribution of power over time. Okay, so he's a game show host. He's Jasper Carrot. Come again. (laughs) I am am in love with the mindset that, like, picks Jasper Carrot as the first example of game show host. (laughs) 
Were you not a big fan well, of Well, it's Golden either him balls? or Robert Kilroy Silk, and I think they're the same person. <laughs> I was not clever enough to understand the rules of Golden Ball. <laughs> Nobody was. That was the point of Golden Ball. It was being, uh, It is rumoured that Golden Ball was the inspiration to Number Wang. So, yeah, go, go figure that one out. He is working on several projects that explore why more widespread positive duties to promote equality may be required in civil rights and discrimination law in the US and UK and the governance of machine learning. And he's also working on several papers that argue we should think of these machine learning systems as a kind of algorithmic public infrastructure. And as such, we should revive and reform the concept of public utilities as a tool for regulating internet platforms. That is a series of words. You might as well have said he's the king yep. of glorch. I don't know. <laughs> this is this is this is great. They basically constructed a a left wing pretense for doing internet platform regulation for authoritarian purposes. Am I reading that right, David? Uh no, no, because you've assumed it's left wing in the first place. Uh, Josh is exploring several practical experiments that would apply the tools of deliberative decision making to corporate governance and AI design and internet platforms regulated as public utilities. Yeah, I still that's still just some words you just said there. Like, have you replaced names? David with an AI? Are you, are <laughs> you saying, in Skyrim, I mean, David? It feels like they're sort of really beating around the bush of saying the internet is a utility and it should have some kind of like rules and stuff. But all the internet, not the, all the utilities. The, the, bit that, the bit that really got me was the fact that they fully acknowledged there about how um, there are choices to be made from which some win and some lose. Just, just uh, yes. acknowledging that right there as a fact is the enough mis- to the tell Mr. me if Man book on Glass War. Got it. Yep. <laughs> um, so, anyway, part of the foreword for this, he writes, For my whole adult life, the Labour Party has been out of power. As I studied, started my first How job, got he? married and How had... How old is this little uh, boy? Pass. Um... <laughs> As I studied, started my first job, got married and had kids, I watched successive Conservative leaders win elections despite bungling the activity of government. I watched many in my generation become disillusioned with politicians who promised much and delivered little, who appeared to live in a different era and inhabit a different country. I saw the best minds of my generation driven mad by, I don't know, the European (laughs) Union or something, I guess, whatever. Sure, guy. Do go on. Instead if, if of being, if, he's in, if Labour have been out of power for his entire adult life, he can't even be thirty yet, can he? No, they've been out oh, of no. power for my entire adult life. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, I turned no, eighteen me. and Just... I got to vote Lib Dem in that election. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that the coalition came in when I was in my like last year of high school. No, oh, yeah, I didn't. I that was 2010. So you were the same oh, age. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. It was. Okay, then I was a bit older than I thought. Yeah. Anyway. anyway, instead of being tree-hugging, phone-obsessed, lazy radicals, many in my oh. generation are hungry for a centre-left government with real ambition for our country and the talent to deliver it. I am hungry for the <laughs> Yes, <Yeah>, same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We are tired of the Labour Party descending into narcissism, obsessed with its own history while the country suffers. We are, I am, tired of losing. Is he yeah. going to start Boo. talking about Tony Blair in the next paragraph? Because that's not yeah, history, obsessed, that's obsessed just with their a cool own history. That's why, that's why we don't call everyone that we don't like a fucking trot. <laughs> 
Labour Together is a real thing on the centre-left, an organisation with a track record of winning... It's not on the centre-left. It's two <laughs> minutes away from fucking doing how Hitler. Is it? Is it a rare thing? Or is there like a million of these fucking like cunt groups knocking about? Oh yeah, yeah, there's there's a whole fucking bundle of these shows of bastards. Um the politicians and strategists who built Labour together share a simple goal. Get Labour back into power. In the world on the shields, they understood that the first step was to win back the Labour Party from Jeremy Corbyn. <laughs> By uniting Labour behind Keir Starmer, that is exactly what they achieved. The task now is to win the country. Uh-huh. Yeah. We kill sure. the Batman. Like getting power to do what? What is it? What is your grand ambition well, to do here? Give bread to my friends. Yeah. That means shifting our focus away from Labour Party members to the values and attitudes of the voters we need to persuade to trust us with power. Boo! That yes. is what this report aims to do. One of the Get reasons I'm treasure. Nah, no, no, we don't. We should. We shouldn't be like. We shouldn't be insular and like cater to the people who cared enough to join the party. We should, like, cater to the racists who tell me mm-hmm. that I'm good when I say that we should sink the small boats. Oh, but it's the way that they break this down is the good bit. So one of the reasons we must treasure democracy is that it forces a kind of humility on those who seek power. To win an election, oh, does you must it? start by... Does yeah. it now? <laughs> when does, when does election, this start? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have been able to this cunt into a fine paste. <laughs> To win an election, you must start by understanding the people whose votes you seek. Sometimes yeah. that means grounding what you do in data and polling. Sometimes it means oh. pausing to listen, even to feel. What? Yep. <laughs> right. Unless, of course, the, pe- uh, the people in question are in any way left-wing, in which case, you are scum, I hate you, I hope you die, and I never <laughs> want to speak to you again. I-, I-, I think I might actually become that forklift-themed Batman villain I was talking about earlier. <laughs> so I'm, like, I'm gonna, like, ground myself on the rich, loamy potting soil of northeastern racists, but then also feel their anguish and then train a machine gun on a boat that I've seen, whether or not it contains a refugee. <laughs> Yay or nay? Pretty much. Um, that is pretty much where we are. A Labour victory, apparently, comment this report, now looks possible. And this report explores how that possibility might be realised to do so it introduces six groups of voters who make up Britain's electorate. We show two the, the particular penguin, groups. The the Joker, the Riddler. Um. <laughs> they, they say that those two particular of the six are critical to Labour's electoral success. Yeah, um, it's Calendar but- Man and... Um- <laughs> the Crazy Quilt. That's the other one. <laughs> to bring them to life... We present them as two characters, one who readers may be familiar with already, and another who is new to political to the political debate. The first is the voter who Labour so catastrophically lost in 2019. That year, the, the centre-right think tank Onward called him Workington Man. I love that they call that fucking think tank centre-right, which uh, kind of belies where, where on the political spectrum they think all of these institutions oh, are right i'm gonna yeah I'll, I'll get i'll get that there is a fun diagram to show you as well it's very good um <laughs> they, they've done a political compass but it, yeah you'll see it in a minute socially conservative but economically interventionist this long-time labor supporter turned to boris johnson's conservatives 
Rebuilding the red wall is only part of the challenge that Labour faces, oh. however. Oh, for In this report, yeah, but, oh. yes, it doesn't exist. It's not real, I know. No, but like, that's report, not even what it's going for. Of course, these people don't exist, but it's like it's a, it's the sort of monomyth. It's like the only thing that made that turned these, you know, former I, I assume miners or sons and daughters of the mine or pit ponies or whatever the hell else, like you know, the, the 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 only thing that turned them into like Tories was like Brexit. It's like yeah, that played a part, but it's like they'd also been systematically abandoned by the you know Labour Party under Blair for ten years, and then uh, Thatcher before that, and then nobody gave a shit about them ever. So then they decided yeah, to try something else. And also they had a Labour council, which, like, just exists Rob, to fuck people up the arse. Rob, have you considered that would be too inconvenient a truth to face and we'll just ignore it for the rest of this report? Because we're gonna. Uh, rebuilding the Red Wall is only part of the challenge that Labour faces, however. In this report, we introduce a second voter. Oh, wow. A second vote of a second voter has hit the party. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> In Shalai, that's the fate of the Labour Party. <laughs> Whole two votals. Um, we call her Stevenage Woman. No. Hey. Yeah. There she is. Yeah. Song to the theme of American Woman. So what? <laughs> she. All right, so and voters like right, her cool. live in towns and suburbs across the country, young, hardworking, but struggling to get by. She feels that towns. national politics. <laughs> she feels that national politics makes little difference to her life and. Yeah, on the fucking why. Yes! Oh. When they say the name of the film. <laughs> Her attitudes aren't dogmatic, leaning a little towards social conservatism and a little towards a more interventionist state. Hmm. Yeah, she. Uh, what if she were like you know, socially liberal but fiscally a little bit conservative? I'm just, I'm just throwing bows here. Like, just let's, let's, you know, let's see. Uh, what if it's the, what's the other way around? What if it's like, um, you know, fiscally a little bit more liberal but socially a little bit more conservative? Oh, good news. That's exactly what she is apparently. Um, yeah. Oh, yes. Well, that's good news. <laughs> yep. Uh, so. Uh, they also say that Stevenage women um, and those like her, because she's both singular and collective at the same time somehow, um, are the single biggest group of voters. She, above all others, holds the keys to Downing Street. How so, many of them are there? I'm... Yeah, how do we get rid of them all? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it means like literally the largest group. So she's like seven feet tall. Like she's massive. <laughs> <laughs> Attack of the 50-foot Stevenage woman. <laughs> so, <laughs> really, she's an outlier and is, like, skewing the average. So, like I said... Stevenage um, is Georg. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I've got a fun chart for you. I love I love charts on an audio medium. That's my favourite thing. You'll get... Uh, I will explain for the benefit. It is a, a political compass. Oh, fuck off. Your old four-quadrant type thing. But it is very much only exhibiting one quadrant, and they're really not paying that much. It's like socially liberal versus socially conservative, and economic left to economic right, and everyone is in the socially conservative, um, economic left area for the most part, except for the activist left. That is still um, quite that is what happens when your Commodore sixty four crashes because there's a giant magnet in the room. <laughs> <laughs> so, like I said, there are six types of voter. Um, so right, let's, six let's guys, run through yeah. the six guys. <laughs> so, I am old enough to appreciate that joke. <laughs> First up, we have... I would very much like to herd all of these cunts onto a boat. 
<laughs> How big is the board, though? Big enough for orcas to not like. Um, <laughs> first off, the activist left. So the activist left are apparently one of our youngest segments. A large majority have a university degree, uh-huh. and they are most and likely a trust to be fund. In f- no, they're most likely to be in full time. Drink avocado tea. Uh, <laughs> Maybe like a latte toast. Yeah. They're concentrated in cities and university towns. Many live in either safe Labour seats or in Conservative and Lib Dem marginals. And they tend to have above average incomes. And they are the most likely group to be renters or mortgage payers rather than owning their home. And which one is one of them Paul Mason? Where where does he? No, Paul Mason, there is actually an entirely Sorry, um, they're the most likely group to either rent or have a mortgage. Yeah, there's a lot going on there. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, this is the dumping ground category. This is the people we don't want to listen to. I, lo- I love to be lumped in with miscellaneous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. where did the dirtbag left go? Because I feel like I'm way more socially liberal than that. Yeah, <laughs> we're but... off the left of the chart somewhere. Yeah, yeah not counted. Um, the activist left are the most economically left wing and socially liberal of our segments. On social issues, they favour I'm, increased I'm sorry, but like... They don't even score like a, a ten on the so on the economically left. So like, what the fuck's the point? Yeah, Nazis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, have you noticed that for some inexplicable reason, economic left is a ten, but social liberal is a zero. Rather than have like the scale, the axes go zero to ten. Don't like, think you know, about it. Right just and, don't think about oh, it. Just yeah, just this motherfucker's never seen a graph in their life. Yeah. Um, on social well, issues, they favour increased migration. Clearly, Clearly, to win at this chart, you need a golf score. <laughs> <laughs> On social issues, they favour increased migration, are the most likely to see tackling climate change as a personal responsibility, um, and are the most wow. likely to be embarrassed by Britain's past. Eco-terrorist. On economic issues, they think Britain is in- unequal, enthusiastically back redistribution, and are profoundly distrustful of business. More politically like, engaged yes. than any other group, they're most likely to consume their news on social media. If they could just move a little bit further left, I think I can get on with them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, do you know what this honestly feels like? This feels like there's an actual like left here, and then there's just a bunch of people who are misc, like Alistair said, dumped in, and that that's dragging the activist left up and you know to the right. Yeah. Essentially. Well, I mean, I don't think it's a real chart. I think it's well, something no, it's an idiot not, made but... up with to justify taking money from the Labour Party on a whim. I would ignore the chart. Um, much like a lot of this report, to be fair, but the way this group votes uh, is they were they were extremely anti-Brexit, and they also are these the voters consist- with nowhere else to go? They they consistently yeah. actually did vote Labour. Seventy percent of them voted Labour under Corbyn, um, and, that, but, and there's no reason for them to change that now. Well, of course not, because under Keir Starmer's leadership, Labour's lead has grown dramatically amongst even this group now up five points it to seventy-five percent. Uh, yeah, are these the ones who have a mortgage by for by any chance? Who Almost fucking certainly. Like. Um, of all our segments, the activist left are also the firmest in their decisions. Just seven percent say they are currently unsure as to how they will vote. In other words. Don't worry about the existing left that voted Labour. They'll still do it. They're still fucking rubs. Oh. Yeah. So this is this is a fucking clarion call to anyone that was thinking, well, maybe I should vote Labour anyway, is that you fucking don't. Because this yeah. is completely, like, if I, if I justifies catch their entire approach. X next to Labour, I will slap the taste out of their mouth. Yeah, I'll bite their kneecaps <laughs> off. Yeah. 
The next group, centrist liberals, our favourite. Um, they are spread evenly across all age groups, mm-hmm. uh, though mm-hmm. they're slightly more likely to be women than men. Uh-huh. They tend to have university degrees and the highest household income of any segment and are the least concerned about the cost of living. Yep, that checks out. Never trust a liberal. Yep, they will betray you. Uh, They sit on the centre... What's this bit on the chart with the arrow and the fucking... I I do not understand what that means. Do not... Uh, Oh, I know what it means. Jamie, I I ask you to draw your eyes to the small joy. Um, I think that suitably (laughs) explains everything. Right, the, the two circles... Right, what this is meant to be is where everyone was relatively sitting on average... Is the leftmost uh, sort of semicircle, um, and then the rightmost one is where they were sitting at the next general election. So oh, it's like twenty seventeen to twenty nineteen, oh, right. and so it's suggesting that everyone is becoming more economic right. You know what it reminded me of when they used to do battle reports in White Dwarf. This is where the cavalry <laughs> went across the fucking like river or some shit. What they've done there is <laughs> right. They've, they've the thought, orcs. how do we appeal to um, Labour MPs to get them on board, and they've said. Why don't we recreate the start of um, Dad's Army episodes? <laughs> Put a big arrow on it, and they'll be right on board. So centrist liberals, uh, they apparently sit on the centre left on economics and are liberal on social issues. I don't ten think that's actually true. Ten degrees to the left of centre in the best of times, ten degrees to right of centre when it affects them personally, that kind mm, of thing. Um, though less so than the activist left, notably. Um, on societal issues, they believe that more must be done to improve inequality between sexes although they are divided on the same question when applied to sexuality and race. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Wow, that, that <laughs> saying says so much in so few words. It's really yeah. pretty impressive. <laughs> I mean, they could have just shortened it to an acronym, TERF, and we'd have got mm-hmm. it, but okay. Um, they are concerned about climate change, but don't tend to believe it should be prioritised over economic growth. These these motherfuckers think it is better for the earth to burn to a crisp than for the growth to slow down. (laughs) I think I think it's very much like, you know, one group is concerned about stuff, the other group says, Oh yeah, that's very concerning and is taken at face value. Yeah. So. One group thinks we should blow up oil pipelines. The other group thinks we should invest in uh, CO2 capture when uh, through whales. The next group Why don't is- we just solve climate change by living on the moon? Well, the, the Americans ruined it for us by landing first. Yeah, <laughs> they should have let the IRA go up there. Yeah. Do you think they could have hit Thatcher from the moon? Yeah, I mean, I, I, would, I would absolutely welcome a timeline where the IRA had a space laser. Mm. <laughs> right, next up is disillusioned suburbans. I love how that's like a political tendency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, disillusioned suburbans are the largest of our segments um, who are particularly well represented in the east of England and London suburbs in the northeast and west. They are young, economically insecure, worried about their finances and unlikely to own their home. Mm-hmm. This feels like it could just fucking be include, pretty much included in with activist left. Oh, yeah. no, hold on, Alistair. You, there's, it could, there's some but... politics about to happen, I'm sure. Yeah. There is. Um, they're not highly politicised and tend to take a balanced position on most issues, which sees them leaning towards conservatism on societal issues and towards the left so, on economy. The natural mm, state of affairs. Mm, <laughs> Disillusioned uh, suburbans is that fucking muppet off social media who keeps going a bosh at the end of his videos. Then yes, yes, <laughs> they're the ones. They're, they're the ones who basically like, listen to what the TV and papers tell them and don't really take an interest in politics. Is my general yep. kind of vibe on this. 
On social issues, they are positive about migration's impact on society, though they don't want to increase the number of immigrants. They believe in addressing climate change, but don't want to harm the economy in the process. On the economy, mm. they are supportive of redistribution and feel that people don't get their fair share, but want policies that are rooted in everyday experience, not grand promises and abstract ideals. They're just liberals! That's yep. a perfect example of left of centre in the best of times, right of centre when it affects them personally. Like, boom, there you uh-huh. go. Yeah, these are this is this is like white van man who still buys this the sun for page three. Yes, that's I what don't, this is. I mean, maybe a little bit, but it's, I think we'll actually hit more of white van man in a minute. I don't think you dare just... disagree with me, motherfucker! I've got my finger on the pulse of the nation. <laughs> <laughs> Next up is the patriotic left. The patriotic left are an older yeah, voter, thing. most highly represented in the West Midlands, Yorkshire, the North West, and Wales, or all of them if you're Paul Mason. <laughs> <laughs> the patriotic left is just Paul Mason, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> they are particularly prevalent in the seats branded the red wall at the 2019 election. Paul Mason tend- is that one little dot in their colour that's just above everyone else. <laughs> 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 uh, members of the patriotic be- left are, ver- are, are mostly populated than pages of MI5 informal files yeah <laughs> <laughs> they tend to not be university educated and they are the most likely segment to not be in work again if only if that were Paul Mason uh, they have the lowest income of all the segments and are the most likely group to be renting their home from the council or a housing association so that's that's Baz this is really just mm-hmm. like taking any old shit and just completely eschewing any form of class analysis and just going, yep, that sounds about right. And then yep. yeah, putting that in the I, report. I, I honestly think, Jamie, that we're going to hit the white van man and English traditionalists. I think the difference between patriotic left and English traditionalists is English traditionalists are going to own the white van, basically. Good news, we're so. just about to go onto them. So um, they are the oldest of our segments, with most of the segment from the boomer generation. They are, unsurprisingly, the most likely to be retired. Alongside the patriotic left, they are the least likely to be university educated, but they are less likely to be economically insecure, and they are more likely to own their own home. Um, They are forthright social conservatives. They favour stiffer sentences for criminals and believe in censorship to uphold moral values. They are trenchant on immigration, believing it has had a negative effect on Britain's economy, society, and life in general. Mm -hmm. So... Mm-hmm. Can I point something out here? I was just like, I've just noticed that on this graph, the patriotic left and English traditionalists are literally the same level of socially conservative as each other. If you yes. look at the axes, yes, and, and the, yet the description. Right. No one, no one makes no, it yeah. to ten on the socially conservative scale because Britain is famously a land free from right wing headbangers. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just nuts, though, because like, the, what's the difference? The difference here, well, they're more economically right and they're more socially conservative, but they're still just as socially and conservative. And they're in a on slightly different colour on the graph. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just, it's just, this is it's just, it's just like total horseshit. Yeah. Um, well, they're they're obviously consistent conservative voters. Eighty um, percent of them, eighty-one percent of them, backed Brexit, and seventy-seven percent voted Tory in twenty nineteen. But that figure has now fallen to 50% and Labour's vote has doubled from 12% in 2019 to 24% today. That's good, apparently. Um, And in total, 31% of them, um, the largest share of any segment, are unsure of who they will vote for. So why not keep reaching right and you might pull them in? Yeah, there's there's definitely not a... Not a swathe of the country that goes, oh, I don't like like those Conservatives right now, but when they get into the fucking ballot room... Where do they put their X? Yeah. Where does it go? Yeah. 
Last group is the rural right, who are older voters, a third of whom are retired. Uh, they're firmly conservative on societal issues and to the economic right. On social issues, they believe the efforts to promote equality have gone too far. On economics, they, they, oppose, yeah, they oppose redistribution of wealth and believe that working people already receive a fair share and they want the government to reduce funding for public services and they think the UK should privatise as many industries as possible. It's mm -hmm. the countryside alliance. And they pay 80 quid an hour for someone to take bees away from the windows. <laughs> <laughs> you know, not even, Jamie. I think if you pull back on, like, the grand scheme of things, this is, like, the middle class and below, it's, like, the, the lower level, or maybe, let me phrase that, the upper working class is what this graph is, and everyone else, like, is entirely excluded from Yeah, it. I don't know why we're entertaining this. Like, the only real classes of people are the working class and the bourgeois, as we know. Yeah, yeah. So... again, we're not entertaining it, they are. <laughs> Um, like this this is just, this is just us doing phrenology on label. Um, just... Like, the, yeah. The, what, if, the six... what if we drew drew a grid over the working class and the bourgeoisie? What if we did that and then just <laughs> yeah. put random words in each of those squares on that grid? What if we tweeted out, "Stoyer, come to the patriotic left. Small joy is happening." <laughs> <laughs> it would definitely so... do numbers. <laughs> yeah. So, in that order, from activist left, centrist liberals, disillusioned suburbans, patriotic left, English traditionals, the rural right, that is the order in which people have historically, by quantity in those groups, voted for Labour from most to least. So, obviously, you can take the first few for granted, that's fine. And then, really, you want to pull from the, the lower orders in that group, which obviously they would not consider to be the lower orders because they're kind of fucking people. Um,. So, the critical segments um, section, to determine which are the battleground segments, one must ask two questions. Firstly... Are you sure this isn't from White Dwarf? I'm sure. <laughs> Firstly... So my, my, my takeaway from just looking at the graph is they're basically saying, look, we can get more centrist liberals, disillusioned suburbans, and patriotic left if we just move a bit more right. That, that All is I'm the hearing thing is, that, is that they need is is whoever's Keir Starmer needs at least the vote of the elector count of Ostland and Avermark because otherwise he won't make it across the finish line. <laughs> no, back up your mountain. Be gone, witch. <laughs> <laughs> so how many voters belong to each segment? And secondly, and more importantly, where do they live? And how many live in Marienburg? Yes. Yeah, what are their addresses, real quick? <laughs> <laughs> By these measures, the patriotic left are an immediate and critical priority for both parties. They already represent oh, the they? largest number of voters who have switched from the Conservatives to Labour, um, which is 500,000 apparently, and our polling showed that with 24% of those who intend to vote still unsure of who to vote for, they remain a contested group. They are also densely populated in many of the seats that matter most. A second group, however, is even I'm, more. So this is if this Red goes on much longer, I'm just going to start fucking screaming like at the end of uh, like <laughs> Invasion of the Body Snatchers. <laughs> it's fine. We've, we've done most of the legwork. A second group, however, Unlike is even meta, more important yeah. to Labour at the next election. A working majority <laughs> depends on Labour's ability to convert their current support amongst disillusioned suburbans into votes at an election. So that's the group that they're really fucking pushing for here is disillusioned suburbans. In other words, the exact same people that Labour so already went for. racists and liberals. Sorry, I, just, I said the same thing twice. I can't. Well, yeah, yeah. No, because in 2017 and 2019, like the big increase for Labour was people who hadn't previously voted. It was people who were just kind of 
disillusioned with politics. They're not. No, they're not on this graph for the ones that leave. No, no, no. They're not anymore because they've now become absorbed by the activist left by virtue of voting for Labour in certain circumstances. I don't I don't think they have. I think it mostly dropped off. It's like the dissolution suburbans are basically liberals. They've got money, is from what I understand of what's been described. Um, whereas a lot of what Labour picked up didn't, bluntly. Um, mm. There was people who were really ground down. And well, well, uh, yeah, but I think at the same time, though, like people who hadn't voted before 2017 and 2019 were a bigger constituency like in those elections, oh, yeah, yeah. if you know what like, I mean. Here's the, here's the fundamental problem with this entire fucking political premise they're working on, which is that they want to capture this group of disillusioned non-voters, right? And yep. to their mind, the way to do that is to move in a direction where they think they will become appealing to them, which is convenient just rhetoric uh-huh. for them to move right. Whereas in practice, what you do is you actually politically educate and motivate them and get them engaged. Yeah, it's hard working effort, by... though. Yeah, it's dangerously yeah, and, close and... to asking Labour to do something good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you do. Also, good that doesn't you, produce you the, the outcome you, you want, make. which is to like be the Tories. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Right, it, all of this is just rhetorical cover for moving further right and fucking the activist left. Yeah. So I mean, like, or just the left, full stop. Yeah, there was the three segments that backed up the Tories in twenty nineteen, but now back Labour. Um, of the three of them, the centrist liberal, liberals are of less importance. This is very funny. Which one of um, these three groups is Alan Sugar? <laughs> <laughs> um. This means that while the centrist (laughs) liberals have added a significant number of new Labour voters already, they should not be a focus for a Labour party trying to win majorities in key seats. Uh Uh-oh. Ian Dunn's going to be very upset. That is a huge tactical mistake by them. Yep. And, you know, so you're back to your Workington man and Stevenage woman. Workington man is the uh, patriotic left. He's, He's the Paul Masons of the world. So that's like that's one group they're really going for, but they want Stevenage women, which is the disillusioned suburbans, and that's that's so the key area. Yeah, it is. It's, it's it, an it, incredibly it, fucking dumb way of looking at things, but it's also like, well, it's also just like strategically, it's a dumb move because the centrist liberals are the least sticky of their voters who they can't take for granted. They've already shown that they'll move, so if they don't actually uh-huh. do work to show them up, they're going to abandon them. Yep. And so we can't take them for granted. And I, I don't, honestly don't think we can take the activists left for granted either, but that's a whole other discussion. No, they, so they, Labour, they absolutely can't. If Labour wanted to secure their poll lead, what they should have been focusing on is just locking down the people who came over to them when they were pissed off with the Tories, yeah, rather okay. than trying to grope further but rightward. Have you considered, in the falls that she tweeted out twice and then binned of her, like, fucking first-class <laughs> flight to America, <laughs> she had an EU passport, <laughs> so they're definitely going to reverse Brexit? Yeah. <sighs> also, I'm, I'm where, 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 you know, where's the, uh, where's the love? Where's the economic love for that critical, critical segment, the podcaster? You know, where's, uh, where's our treat? <laughs> Quite frankly, I mean, not you on know, the graph. Like, the, the graph doesn't no, extend like far enough. Peak. Yeah, I think you'll we're, find off, us we're at... off the bottom left corner somewhere. Disillusioned left. <laughs> yeah, we've we've somehow fallen off the bottom left and ended up on the top left. How has this happened? Yeah, we're in the scum zone <laughs> oh. now, boys. Yeah. <laughs> So um, let's skip on to let's skip on to. There's a little bit about the election, and it's basically a disclaimer about how this report would actually be perfectly right and correct were an election held right now, but we don't know, so please don't quote us in the newspaper. <laughs> the third element of it here is the lessons for labour. So how does labour fix all this? Um, wow. It starts with uh, labour must hold its line on social and cultural issues. 
I was really hoping you were going to say (laughs) (laughs) The majority of voters in the UK are socially conservative. Uh, (sighs) Yep, it's particularly true of the patriotic left, but also of the disillusioned suburbans. Literally Um, every year this becomes less and less true as younger people become old enough to vote. Well, These yeah, it's the same age, but, but you know but what they, I mean. They, but this is the thing: the key word doing the heavy lifting there is voters. We don't want anyone to vote yep. who is uh, more left, so they're just they're just going to discount them right off the bat. These voters believe that we should not increase immigration numbers. They believe Britain should be proud of its past. They believe that young people do not respect British values. They believe oh, that certain places should be made safe by no. restricting entry by biological sex. This I is, believe this is... that limo drivers should drink more. <laughs> <laughs> but we can't all get what we just... want. <laughs> but this is just saying that this is what they want, and they've just invented a guy and just said, oh, no, actually what we want is what everybody yeah. wants. It's just like, yeah. this is what That's you want, modern motherfucker. politics. You just made up a guy to be friends with. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, I, like, I, I know I know, we, I know it's, some, it's quite a lot to expect from Keir Starmer to have any degree of a spine but like just being able to type these words I mean I know Keir Starmer didn't write this but he's going to read this and go yep no I was just, a machine learning dickhead uh, that wrote yeah, this yeah the machine learning I, guy I don't think St- Keir Starmer's going to read this I don't know it's not for his consumption oh no but Wes Streeton has and <laughs> yes. you know give it a couple of years but yeah my, my, my point is that like these are things that are odious and to then go what, what, so what what is the lesson that you're taking from this? That you therefore have to cater to these people, or to, or what? Do nothing and just hope that they give you a pass for the transphobia or what what have you. Like it doesn't matter what, because if you've got an, if you've got a majority from all these people who absolutely definitely are more socially conservative, you know, then it's fine. This is it's this is internal consent manufacturing. That's what this is. This is so that they've got a paper trail to point back at and say, well. We did the research, and this is what we were supposed to do. This is. I'm sorry. This graph says that you have to die. Yeah. um, (laughs) (laughs) They they say that um, the majority of uh, voters uh, are more socially conservative than Labour members, politicians, and activists, which is a big fucking oof. The the activists left are the segment most out of kilter with the rest of the UK electorate on social and cultural issues. Fuck off. Three quarters. Three quarters think we should increase levels of immigration. Just 20% of disillusioned suburbans and 2% of the patriotic left agree. They are ambivalent about Britain's you know what, past. Those guys. I know. You can they meet are... me in the big Tesco car park if you've got a fucking problem with it. <laughs> um, they are ambivalent about Britain's past. Our two target voters, working to man and Stevenage women, are proud. They think prisons should exist to rehabilitate offenders, but our target voters think prisons should primarily punish criminals. Mm-hmm. Is this With a, a good thing? Are we going With to f- interrogate this at all? No, obviously not. With a former DPP at the helm, Labour is tough on crime once more, and it believes in exerting a firm grip over migration. It supports robust military support for Ukraine against Russian aggression, is comfortable with the Union Jack, and sings the national anthem at its conference. Tough on delivery cyclists. Tough on the causes of delivery cyclists. 
Labour should take positions that acknowledge, which acknowledge that concerns about social and cultural issues are legitimate, that Labour will not fudge or waver on them, and that there is almost always a balanced and principled position to be taken. You must be tough on crime, not just its causes. You must control Britain's borders, not just create a safe route for immigrants. Don't know when that's happened. Um, you <laughs> must address inequalities that are geographic and class-based, not just those that are based on protected characteristics. Jesus Christ. Is this one of those fucking Skyrim AI NPCs that's just been blathering on? Like, I, Jesus, wait, 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 fucking wait, hell. Wait for this. Does wait report this. have a section that talks about the Dunmer of any chance? <laughs> Some feel that taking positions like these might imperil the Labour Party's core support. We found no electoral case whatsoever that this is a concern that should worry the Labour Party. <laughs> but more importantly, Labour's support amongst the two most liberal segments on social and cultural issues, the activist left and the centrist liberals, is 5 and 18 points higher respectively than in 2019. Keir Starmer is winning more of Britain's most left-wing voters than Jeremy Corbyn ever did. Are you okay? Mm-hmm. Okay, sure. Citation I'm needed. Good yeah. fucking luck with that. But, um, yeah. Yeah, uh, their, there's their also... core argument is basically their, their core argument, right, is that if the Labour core support fuck off, they'll yep. just fuck off and not vote. Which you know they can, if as long as they pick up enough people elsewhere, they like that. That's good for them. That's the like, hope. You yeah. know, it won't hurt them. It's not a swing, so it doesn't count. They would like to know that they don't need us. Um, they will find out. Uh, so that's that's the social arguments about what Labour needs to learn. The economic ones, um, very quickly. Um, is that uh, don't nationalise things. That would be bad. Um, Stevenage women hates when you nationalise shit. Um, yeah. And the, tradi- the traditional left apparently don't know. even support it by a majority. Stevenage woman is never happier than when, like, where Streeton is getting, like, fucking boatloads of cash from private <laughs> healthcare. Yep. Well, um, there was actually an article... More bribes for smart little children. That's what she always says. If we remove (laughs) Stevenish woman's face, is it going to be like a Scooby-Doo moment where it is just worth streeting underneath? (laughs) (laughs) It's young man streeting that runs the haunted mine. (laughs) (laughs) There was an article in Labour List about this, um, then how this doesn't make any fucking sense. Because look, we, we know fine well that if you do polling about should things be nationalised, yes or no, a majority of people, regardless of what party they vote for, including the Tories, will say, yes, they should. Like, you should nationalise yeah. utilities, etc. you just asking the wrong people? Well, it's not, it's not who they were asking, it's what they were asking. They used a one to seven scale where the end marked one meant the government should nationalise as many major industries and services as possible, bringing them into public ownership. And the end mark seven meant that government should privatise as many major industries and services as possible, letting private companies provide them. And like that, it was just that was the two choices. Put it in a scale of seven, with four being like. And they counted anything, anything as a two and above for as yeah. being like in favour of privatisation. I mean, that because they basically said, would you like full Bolshevism or would you like? Um, would, would you like, like a full libertarian state? And people kind of went mm, somewhere in the middle, probably, and that's why you don't have that majority for it. And that's like, why it's just we a need fucked to up question. force everyone to read Lenin immediately. Yeah. <laughs> yes, correct. I'm coming around, Lila, honest to God. The longer this shit goes on, like I'm, I'm slowly, correct. the black is, re- is leeching out of me to be replaced by red hot rage. <laughs> Good. I mean, as as David has said and said before, when we ha- when it's a conversation between an anarchist and a communist over what is to be done, then uh, <laughs> it's a good problem to have. Exactly. Yeah. Um, 
so basically the big solution on economic stuff here which is as far as we'll go is just do an IRA and by that I unfortunately mean Inflation Reduction Act um, like Biden <laughs> do the other uh, one do the other one do the other one, <laughs> do the other one. <laughs> um, but, but they suggest perhaps call it the Build Reduction Act they do not go into any detail they, as to what that means or how it would work have they considered that if they do the other kind of IRA they only need to be lucky once yeah <laughs> <laughs> Okay, look. Um, right, final part here: the politics of security. Uh-oh. Oh, this, this right, like this title alone is like the polar inverse of the speech Jeremy Corbyn gave after the Manchester Arena bombings. Oh, honest to God, when, when yeah, David but he got hammered way. for that. Like that was really unpopular. Don't you remember? That's what uh, I remember because yeah, I only I'm read sure the that's papers. Probably, and that's I'm probably what happened, right? Blither- Da- David, know. when you read that out loud, I, f- I physically felt my genitalia retract towards me. It's that grim. Please, no. Don't Excellent. do this. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Britain today lives in a new age of insecurity. To understand life in Britain, you must first understand the insecurity that it suffers from in three forms. Economic, social, and national. And plasma. <laughs> <laughs> Superfluid. So... Economic insecurity. People earn less and the cost of living is too high. That's it. Social insecurity. (laughs) um, Quote, Britain's streets feel more unsafe than they have been in many years. Crime is at 20-year highs. No, it's not. No, No, it's not. Crime is at 20-year highs and struggling police forces. No, it's not. It's not. It's Strugg- just. It's just struggling. Fight. Struggling to get through this sentence. Struggling police forces are solving fewer cases than ever. There are fewer cases because for them to solve, even if that's what their fucking job was. And Our also because they're too busy, you know, committing crimes themselves, and quite frankly, just being rapists. Like, of course, they're not solving crimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Our, Our waterways, waterways are what, like, full of are shit. Toxic. Is that, is yeah, that a, they're toxic. Yeah. Is that a matter for how the streets are insecure? Is it? It's social insecurity. So. I don't know. Yeah, social um, security is the vibes are fucked, bro. Yeah, um, <laughs> well, water companies think, pumping think, raw sewage into our rivers, lakes, and seas. Also, the NHS is falling apart. I think a lot of these problems you're describing would be solved by. <laughs> but let's hear the mm. third thing. <laughs> oh, national insecurity. Um, the first point is Russia. Oh, is this Gordon uh, Brown writing about how we should bring? Vladimir Putin to an international court that things that's definitely going to happen bold a bold statement from Mr. Brown there yeah <laughs> um, uh, I'm, no. I'm sure Josh was feeling uh, Mike Gapes moving through him while uh, he was writing this part <laughs> um, the second point within national insecurity is Russia uh, sorry it's China um, in the of Far East it is. China rises as a rival to America, disrupting the balance of power that has reigned since the, the fall balance. of the Berlin Wall. Even if there is no hot war between China and its neighbours or with America itself, the economic choices we must make in our new Cold War are already evident. You can yes. hear yeah. we need to We need like- to work ourselves up into the insane, like... Should we nuke first fervor that we had, like in the height of the Cold War, the first one, like because that was that was so good for us to just be mm. rattling our sabers over every single thing that the Russians did. The thing is, I mean, like, like I, like I know people lived in like constant existential terror throughout the Cold War, but really, that's like some baby shit compared to like everything that's going on now, isn't it? Yeah, because because you can at least go like, well, you know, these countries, like these people in charge, might not be stupid enough to nuke each other, but. That that like really? Do you give a fuck about that? If the planet's on fire, if your house is underwater, 
If like your whales I mean, have fucking you know under, underperformed on the stock market. <laughs> I mean, we should really just like uh, you know just just bring back the Cold War. We should like do overthrow more you know democratically elected governments. We should just bring back the whole thing. Like you know, but then I also want you bring know bring back under the, the USSR. War, because, yes. <laughs> I want to bring yes, and also like at the bare fucking minimum. Just, <laughs> You know, can, can I also then also have like the uh, you know the the strong labor unions and the high high wages and the you know affordable houses back that we that existed in periods under the Cold War? Can I have them then too? Because then you can I'm like, though, yeah, because right, like it. because all jokes aside, that's why those things existed, right? Because there there's yeah, yeah, no yeah. threat to capitalism now. So like, yes, yeah. China, we want you to rise. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Save us, <laughs> President Xi. Please, my people yearn for freedom. Yeah. <laughs> Except, I mean, I think you know, we wouldn't. I think in, a, in the event of Cold War Two, we wouldn't get all of those things back though, because they just rely on doing more racism in the papers to keep everyone. Also, anti- yeah, like, probably. Anti-China. Also, also, they wouldn't need to because China doesn't really offer a good deal in the way that the USSR sort of tried to. Yeah. Like at least notionally, like China's full-on capitalist as well. So. Just let yeah, China put bad, nukes in Ireland, and I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, give us an Irish missile crisis. That would be great. Um, <laughs> yeah, they put the, they're trying to put a missile base on the Isle of Man. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other uh, one here is climate change. Uh, the effects of climate change are already being felt, and we felt further as the hopes of meeting global warming targets recede into the distance. New technologies like quantum computing and AI threaten, threaten to upend what? the world as we know it. Just just yeah. grabbing the steering wheel and fucking spinning it all the way to the left so you can straight into a fucking wall with that one. I can't believe oh. how much people are pretending to piss their pants over a chatbot. Like, that's yeah. just... Uh. So, um... The conclusions on insecurity. What if kind of the broken... chatbot invented quantum computing and a better chatbot, though? True. A quantum chatbot. True. What if it really could pretend to be your girlfriend? Yeah. <laughs> well, they, so they discontinued that what one. If, what if she didn't really leave and take the kids? Yeah. What <laughs> if Britpop was popular again? <laughs> <laughs> what if you weren't yet a cheese-making cunt and you made two albums that were semi-decent. <laughs> uh, so, we've learned so much about Rob tonight. It's great. Haven't we just? So, like, how uh, all those points of insecurity? How do they apply to the groups? Um, the activist left is the most likely segment to be private rentals. That's all. Um, but we're not going to dig into that because we don't care about that group, so that's fine. Uh, centrist liberals are often mortgage holders suffering from interest rate hikes that resulted from Britain's short experiment with trussonomics. Um, mm. But they're also scared about the state of the NHS. The patriotic left are the most economically insecure group, with over 70% of them worried about their household finances, and a quarter of them don't have £300 for an unexpected emergency. And disillusioned suburbans um, are exactly the same, except the ratios are slightly different. 
English traditionalists, um, they are most worried about insecurity in their community, aka there are too many brown people and uh, mm. not enough cops, and the rural right. Not enough uh, maypoles. Yeah, there aren't enough camps. I'm sure that's what their main contention is. Mm, the rural right say that um, immigration is a major threat to Britain's way of life. Bring back good old-fashioned British comedies like Carry On Camping. <laughs> so, in this age of insecurity, political parties must ask themselves how they can bring security to every worker, family and community, and to the country mm. itself. We that call this interesting phrasing. We call this securitarian politics. Oh, which Jesus. takes us beyond <laughs> the no, old divides. No, 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 no. Which takes us beyond the no, old divides of no. left and right, no. liberal and conservative, no. old and Stop. young, rural Stop. and metropolitan. No. Instead of choosing a course of action based on the ideological purity of a political creed, it forces leaders and their parties to ask themselves more challenging questions. I have seen the back of God and it's the face of a devil. Jesus. Okay, so I, uh, wait, have I have I like slipped my temporal bonds and am I back recording at the National Conservative Conference? <laughs> yes. Honestly, like any take anyone who says that something is going to take us beyond the old divides of left and right. It's just like what 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 does that even mean, my dude? Like, oh, so uh, it's the people who are pro camps and anti camps like that still feels pretty left and right wing my guy securitarian yeah securitarian listen let Just... them build the gulags in which we will put them <laughs> <laughs> so um i hope you have uh, learned something from this phrenological outing into the mind of the laborite and yeah uh we will be back again with another episode on tuesday uh until then check out the twitch which is twitch.tv for such praxis cast uh and david i don't david. we don't know which one it is we don't know which one it is i mean so, the yeah. previous one was the bonus it was it was solid gold <laughs> all right then fuck it i'll just hello hi sorry my my internet like died there and i thought it was oh did it oh right, that was fucking inconvenient <laughs> Try to do the fucking outro and you're like David, David No, you just went all robots and I thought I didn't at first realise it was my internet I apologise It's so me, you should. hi I'm the problem, it's me Are you glad you're stuck Are you glad you're stuck around, Lila? I hope you've enjoyed all of this Let me log how off could, How could anyone not enjoy this? This is fucking brilliant <laughs> <laughs> if you can't wait until Tuesday, maybe you'll catch us on the Twitch, which is twitch.tv forward slash Praxis Cash. James will probably be on streaming some shit. Um, if not, it'll be Wednesday and Lila and Jamie will be there. <laughs> and... <laughs> or a Thursday, perhaps she'll have Alice. <laughs> oh, fuck. On a Thursday, perhaps you'll have Alistair and Jamie streaming some other shit. And uh, yeah, uh, patreon.com forward slash prices. Guys, give us your money. Goodbye. I like how you just passive aggressively went after Jamie and Alistair to balance out. Fucking say goodbye. Going after me. <laughs> no, I refuse to sign off. Right, well, I'm stopping recording. Fuck you. Yeah, tell yeah. me. Yeah, I'm stopping right, recording. Bye.